Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nashonda Shines. Welcome to season four. Wow. Season four. Yeah, it's pretty special because this year, 2024 has already been out to a good start for the podcast. And I just want to show some appreciation. One to you, the listeners and viewers of this podcast. So thank you so much. I know I'm always practicing gratitude and saying thank you, but it really is an honor when you see that the work that you're doing is being received well. And when I started this podcast, it was just out of my own ignorance per se. Like I, there were things I didn't know and I wish I would have known starting. And I think, you know, we grow when we share our stories and testimonies and how we've overcome things. And I just wanted to be able to share that experience with others. And so I'm very appreciative and want to just say thank you to you for listening. And because of you listening, we were recognized by Triathlete Magazine uh, for being one of the best podcasts for beginners. So thank you, Triathlete Magazine, for the honor. It's really appreciative. I am appreciative and it is extremely an honor and I couldn't do this without two amazing women who helped me. So shout out to Sarah and Maria who um, have been down since the beginning and just really helped to make this podcast what it is. And congratulations to the other 15 uh, winners. So I guess it would be 14. So shout out to you guys because doing a podcast is not easy. It is a lot of work that goes behind it. And so uh, just shout out to you for doing what you do. And we all, there's space for everyone to thrive and to succeed. Now, on the flip side, I was behind and got interviewed. So shout out to Feisty Media for interviewing me for the Iron Woman podcast. Now listen, asking questions, and I felt very uncomfortable when questions were being asked to me and I had to give it. So now I am going to be very thoughtful when I'm asking my guests questions, because it is hard to come up with good answers and to just sit in the moment and be like, but I remember, I couldn't even remember certain things that they knew about me. So I will make sure that I am given that same honor and I will be gentle and and very graceful with my guest. So just know, I know how it feels now. So shout out to Haley Shura for doing such an amazing job with that. It is also Black History Month. That's right. And you know how I do it. I really like to make sure that I am showcasing Black folks during this month. I think we are an underrepresented group and it is my job, I feel like, and it is my honor to make sure I bring people so that you can see a spectrum in this sport. Now today, y'all know how I get real excited and I'm trying to main calm. Y'all see me, I'm using my inside calm voice. Yes, I'm trying to. But if you follow the sport, you follow it and you see things happening. And last year in October was a really huge time in sport, especially for women. And I remember seeing this picture. It was five women in the picture, but a total of six who got an opportunity to race. And it was such a powerful to me picture because they looked like me. And to make it to this space, I'm talking about Ironman Kona, the women's edition, to me was very powerful. And it said a lot. And these women are now a part of history. They are in their own sorority, if you want to call it their tri-sorority, because they've done it. 
they did it and they were able to do it while seeing each other on the course. Now, granted, congratulations to all the women who competed. I think it, that, again, it was a moment in history, but this to me is a black history moment. And if it goes down into the Guinness World Records of history, their pictures will be right there. And so I want to make sure that I bring them to this audience and start off the month with them. I'm going to introduce them by name, but then we're going to get into their story. They are, of course, amazing age group athletes. We have authors, we have race directors, we have coaches. Yes, track coaches. Mm -hmm, we do. So let me just give you a snippet of who you are all about to get to be introduced to. We have Akila O'Grady. We have Annette Malesio. Her name is fancy, Malesio. It makes you want to like do a dance or something. Yay. Okay. Okay. We have Jamie Dismute. We got Nicole Harris. We have Tiencia James. That's a fancy name too. Obviously y'all know I'm messing up when I say it's a fancy name, but it's okay because I can make fun of myself. And we have Jaja Porter. I've been calling them the Sensational Six. I feel like they are the Sensational Six and maybe I have the name wrong, but for today and for this moment, until I introduce them all, they are the Sensational Six who competed at the 2023 World Championships Kona Edition. Welcome to Try Beginner's Luck, ladies. How y'all doing? Doing good. good. Awesome. Doing well, thank you. Doing well, thank you. Y'all look so good. Look at all this color. I see y'all. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, ladies, hey. Well, here we go. Um, one, thank you for being on here. And two, I don't think I've ever done individuals, this many individuals at one time. So thank you for grace in advance. For those who are listening, but I thought it was important to share your collective story as well as individually, because one, no one else has done it. And so here we are, and we're going to make it happen on today. So why triathlon? We all have a different story. And I just want to get into know why and how did triathlon become a thing for you? Anybody who ever wants to start? Take the floor. Well, I'll start just in case the tones go off again. Um, so I got into triathlon after the Boston Marathon bombing. It This job, I work in EMS, been on an ambulance for, I don't know, 20-something years. And this can be very stressful. And so after the Boston Marathon bombing, a lot of us uh, found a way of, you know, dealing with, yes, my name is Jamie. <laughs> and I work in EMS and I worked for Boston EMS for eight years. And during that time, um, I experienced the Boston Marathon bombing and to deal with PTSD, to deal with stress of the job. Um, a lot of us got into endurance sports. Some of them ran marathons, including Boston, not me. But when they said, oh, there's a triathlon that's, you know, next month and we'll give it to you free. I was like, OK, what does that consist of? Swimming, biking, running. Um, I think I know how to do all of those. I just don't know if I'm good at doing them all in one day. And so, yeah, I signed up, gave it a shot, went and bought a bike um, that same day and did something every day. And then when, when the time came and I did the race, I enjoyed every single minute of it. So that's how I got into triathlons. And my why has been staying in it has been to, 
you know, it's changed my life in a different way. It helped me deal with stress in a better way without going to the bars or, you know, doing the bad things of dealing with stress. So just not dealing with it at all. And I've kind of stuck with it because it's a lifestyle change. And I get, I've gotten to meet an amazing, these amazing ladies and so many amazing people along the way. Yeah, you have. And you are pretty darn good at it, too. So that's also the added benefit. Like you get in, you get into something for one purpose, right? Like to help stress and to change your life. But you realize how good you are. And what if you had never been introduced to this? So I love it. Uh, who else wants to go next? Um, I can go. Okay. Uh, I'm Tiencia. Um I first started doing uh, endurance sports, mainly running when I was younger. Uh, my father, he was uh, a big runner. And so when I was younger, after my parents got a divorce, um, I really didn't want to run, but I started running with him just really to spend time with him. And he was such a good influence in terms of teaching me about endurance sports, especially at a time where there was no black girls run, black men run, there was there was no other mentors. And I remember in you know elementary school and in high school, getting up in the morning to go for a five or six mile run with my dad. Um, that evolved and I stayed um, in running. I did marathons, half marathons. And then after I had my third child, you know, I kind of wanted something different. I was looking for a new challenge, a new adventure. And I think I was drawn towards triathlon. Just the swim was intriguing, definitely my weakest leg. Um, I had never gotten on a, a bicycle in any real fashion. And so it's kind of fun. Like when you've been doing something like running for a long time, you kind of reach a point where um, it's not that different. But when you do something totally new, like every day is a PR, every day is an adventure, it's it's learning and growing. And I really like that. And as I got into the sport, which I thought, oh, I'm just going to do a triathlon, um, I was really drawn to the people. Um, and so that's kind of what I've been doing ever since. And my why, I guess, of, of continuing triathlon is just really so that, you know, everybody can see that we can all have challenges and we can all have goals at any age. And for my kids to be able to see me working towards the gold, hopefully will inspire them to choose something that they want to be involved in in their life and give it their all. I love it. And the last race that you and your dad did together, if I saw correctly, was Peachtree Road Race, right? Yes, we've we've done Peachtree Road Race as a family um, for many years. That race is very special. I've done it with my kids. Um, it's very special. I love it. Shout out to the ATL. Hey, okay. okay. <laughs> that was actually one of my first. That was my first 10K uh, Peachtree Road Race back in 2010, 2010. I think every, everybody needs to do it just for the experience at least once. Yeah, going so. up, what, Heart Attack Hill, right yep. out of Piedmont Hospital? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's just say uh, we survived and did not have the heart attack. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, who up, Who's up next? Uh, I'll go next. Uh, my name is Annette Melasio. Um, So my story is kind of a little bit like Jamie's. I, uh, I'm active duty military, um, Army, and I'm an MP. So uh, I really didn't know too much about triathlons. I know um, I had come back from uh, a very difficult deployment and um, somebody was like talking about triathlons and um, I was kind of like, oh, I mean, I'm pretty sure like I could swim, you know, I mean, I knew how to swim. 
I didn't think it was going to be like swim, swim, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can make it out of a pool. I didn't necessarily own a bike. One of the people that I met, like, let me use a mountain bike and I'm like running, I could run. Um, so I found this group. I was actually stationed in California at the time. And I found this group called, um, I think it's California triathlon. I can't think of the name now. Anyways, I went to a meeting with them and I was like, hmm, these seem kind of like little crazy people kind of like me. Right. So I was like, I think, you know, I'll kind of get into this. And, um, I did like one sprint, one Olympic, and then right away signed up for like a 70.3 before I even did the 70.3, I signed up for a full. And then it just kind of like went from there, but I really found, you know, like a camaraderie. Um, so a lot of times people in the military feel when you come back, you know, you, you can't, you, you kind of feel a little bit awkward and like civilians don't like understand you not saying civilians in like a derogatory form it's just like you kind of just feel comfortable just with your people from people in your you know in your unit or other military people so um i was a little apprehensive going to the meeting just because you know i just kind of felt like out of place and they just made me feel so um welcomed and i felt like dealing with um ptsd i had really bad ptsd um you know survivor's guilt um i had a, a suicide attempt uh and the triathlon community, they welcomed me. It helped me deal with my PTSD. It helped me pretty much internalize when I'm training, I'm gonna, you know, focus on the things that I need to deal with. And then when I'm kind of home, I'm gonna be able to like give myself to my kids and not feel like, uh, you know, I have all this stress and all these worries. So I do this, my why for this is, you know, I do it for veterans. Um, and those brothers and sisters that are currently still active duty like me that are dealing with PTSD, that are dealing with, you know, suicide issues and things like that to let them know that there is help out there. It doesn't have to be obviously like triathlon or something physical, but as long as you find a group um, of people that um, you vibe with, they will welcome you. And um, just to always let them know that there's, there's help out here, no matter what. One, thank you for your vulnerability. Uh, and I think it shows that this sport can truly save lives and change lives. And so thank you for sharing. And I'm grateful that you were able to find a tribe. There's nothing like we're built to connect. And once you have that connection, we aren't meant to be in isolation. So I'm glad that triathlon was able to do that for you. And for those of you who are listening, it can do it for you too. So listen, that's why we're sharing these stories because everyone is different and we have a different why. And I just want you to know that you too can do it. So let's just throw up Akila. Hi everyone. Uh, my name is Akila. Uh, so my first triathlon actually was when I was a preteen, I was 12 and I did it for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, I always say that I never race for free. So for me, what that means is I always have a philanthropic component tied to the races that I do. Um, so started, as I said earlier on racing for, um, Make-A-Wish Foundation, meaning if you don't know anything about Make-A-Wish Foundation, there's always something, uh, giving to somebody who is potentially terminal and then uh, raising funds. So fast forward, uh, similar to some of the stories that you've heard, uh, went through a very traumatic divorce. Um, I uh, actually, let me back up a little bit. I did sport my entire life. So I've always been a competitive athlete. I was actually a competitive swimmer, which I always say swimming was is my strongest suit, which 
um, as a black triathlete always surprises a lot of people because people usually expect that running or, or biking will be the strongest aspect. But as a competitive swimmer, I actually wish the swim was longer. Um, so I uh, swam competitively growing up uh, all through high school um, and did um, basketball and field hockey and ultimately played uh, field hockey in college. So I graduated, got married, and then got divorced and then missed out on that team component because I was always in some sort of team sport. Um, so I found my way back to um, endurance sport because the company that I was working with was doing a uh, century ride for autism. Um, and so I found myself amongst a community of what I call fit friends. Um, and so I did my first century ride for autism awareness. And I thought, OK, cool. Um, I actually was not a cyclist. I had to get a bike. And it had the things that I loved, right? Um, it was for a philanthropic component. It was a community of um, athletes. And uh, it was that endurance component. And it, it created an environment where I had to kind of focus on something else. And similar to what Jamie said, focus on something that kind of took me away from uh, dealing with the trauma of my divorce in ways that were not healthy. Um, and so out of that, surrounding myself with what I call my fit friends, a lot of them had actually participated in triathlon. And so one of them came to me and said, hey, why don't you try Eagle Man? And I was like, mm, I don't know, that sounds a little crazy. I don't think so. And they said, oh, don't worry, Akilah, we're going to stick by you, which echoes the sentiment of what everybody has said is we will stick by you. We will you know, see you through it. It'll be great. It'll be fine. I said, OK, fine, but I'm not doing this for free. I don't race for free. Um, and so um, I actually tied that to a fundraising component for Children's Hospital for my late nephew, Keb Lynn, which uh, ties to a hashtag that I have with everything. Hashtag I race for Keb. Um, and so with that just kind of started and I chuckle because I'll never forget um, when I was at Eagle Man, I ran into a gentleman and um, he was welcoming me into the fold, so to speak. And I was like, this is crazy. I can't believe people are so happy. How many of you done? You know, whatever. And he was like, oh, just you wait. Because I remember he had said that he was on probably, I don't know, like his fifth or sixth. And I looked at him like he was crazy. And he was like, don't you worry. It, you know, he's like, come talk to me after. I was like, no, 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 this is insane. One and done. Okay. So one and done turned into four halves, two fulls. I don't know how many centuries later. And this was about seven years ago. But the reality of the matter is it's like, it's been such a great journey because there have been so many people along the process that have been with every single shape, size, um, fitness level, fitness journey. I love to kind of pick people up and, you know, join them, you know, have them join with me. Um, and so it's been fun because like my kids have gotten involved. I have two children. They've done triathlon as well. And one of the things that I love about this process is that you can actually see people on race course that are every single shape, size, right? And what they say, you know, just keep moving. Um, and I think that's what I love the most about this process too. It's like you just keep moving and you can encourage folks and there are people that are out there that are just out there doing. You just show up. You, and you show up for yourself and you show up for others and you continue to encourage others. So that's my why. That's my love. That's me. I love it. Now let's talk <laughs> yeah. about this swimming part because I grew yeah. up a swimmer too and we do Q-tips. So where did the Q-tip thing come from? Because that ain't some Q-tips. My Q-tips. Okay. So as a swimmer, you know, in long course, if you're doing a uh, swim meet, they have the people that will put 
the the count for you in, in the, the okay. lane and they'll 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 um they'll shake it for you right so if you're doing i don't know 1500 if you're doing at that 500 then you don't have to count and for me swimming is the best part because nobody can reach me my children know it's mommy's swim time do not call me do not mess with me right and so i lose count and i know on your garmin like you can put in the uh, you can put in drill log and all that other stuff and it can count for you. But I just get like confused. And I'm also a, um, a visual learner. And also on my calendar, I love to have my, uh, my training calendar printed off and you can check things off. So with the Q-tips, I put the actual, like the actual uh, uh, train training out for what I'm doing that day. And I have them and I have the different piles. If I move them from one pile to the next, I know my long set is coming down to a close and it just pushes me to move forward and faster. You know, it's like my little Sherpas at the, at the pool deck. I love it. And that's it's instant gratification. I'm telling you, try it. It doesn't be Q-tips. It can be, you know, it can be toothpicks, rubber bands, you know. Well, Saj from Varlow, he used pennies. So pennies. everybody has their, everybody. I just thought like when I heard you say, and I was like, and I heard you say you grew up as a swimmer. I'm like, hmm, yeah. that doesn't, it doesn't track, but long distance swimming is a different thing. I was more on the shortest, the shortest side. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I love it I eat to eat your own. I'm glad that you don't race for free. None of no. us technically do, but look, when you do it behind our mm -hmm. cause, it makes it even greater. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean when I say I don't race yeah. for free. It's like, I, when I, when I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to run 26 miles, that is just absolutely crazy. But if you're telling me I'm running 26 miles because you know, we are the sensational six out here and we are out here to make history and we just have to go out here and run 26 miles. I'm going to lace up my sneakers. Here's a fun fact. I hate running. Hate it. But if you want me to do it because we're going to, you know, break a barrier, then I'm your girl. Breaking barriers. All right. Uh, Jaja, take it away. Hey, so I'm Jaja Porter. Um, I also grew up swimming mainly because my mother dropped me off at the, um, at the community center in California, no babysitter when she had to go to work. So I just got dropped off and, um, she came and found out on a, I think maybe that weeks from that Friday that I had a swim meet, um, the following that particular weekend and that she needed to bring me actually on a Saturday, which she didn't normally do. Um, I did breaststroke, so not freestyle as a child, but that was always my um, strength between breaststroke and butterfly. That's where they needed someone. And so that's where they put me because I wasn't doing anything and I didn't want to go to dance class. So um, that's how I started with swimming. And then as a teenager, I was in track, um, mostly a sprinter, not long distance, but um, was pretty good with both sports and uh, with cycling, um, didn't have too much money. So I put my bike together with spare parts in the neighborhood. And that's how I cycled um, as a child. So fast forward to an adult. Um, I, my husband's in the military. I have three kids poured everything into them. And then one Christmas, I, you know, faithfully every year had us match to wear clothes for our Christmas card. And I went to put on the suit that I was going to wear because I said I'd wear blue, my old blue suit. I got everyone's clothes, the boys matching, my daughter in the blue stripes, and my husband had a really good blue suit from Afghanistan. And then I went to put on my suit and it didn't fit. 
So I was like, okay, well, I guess I should stop telling people I just had a baby because he was six and um, that story is getting kind of old. So I need to start doing some type of activity for myself. That's when I saw a bunch of females on Facebook and they were running early in the morning. And I was like, oh my God, that is so insane. Why would you do that at 5 a.m.? And I was like, oh, because you get time to yourself without the family and kids. So I uh, did Black Girls Run. And eventually I was introduced by to triathlon by someone named Dawn Davis Calhoun. Um, she was leading things up on BTA. Unfortunately, she passed away of cancer, but um, I love that she was riding her bike and she had pigtails and she had a pink bike. So I told my husband, I really think I found my thing, buy me a bike for Christmas and he got me a bike and then I rode it around the neighborhood and I was like, okay, it works. And then it sat in the garage for a couple of months. And then I was like, okay, maybe I need a goal. So I was like, I won't tell anyone. I will sign up for a triathlon. And um, I did something in North Carolina called the Azalea Tri. And because I'd never been to a bike store or anything like that, you know, I just showed up, I dragged my daughter with me and we stayed for the night. And then I looked around and I was like, holy crap, people have really nice bikes and um, no one has a kickstand and they have these shoes and everything seemed really fancy. And I was like, I don't know. And um, I didn't even know how to pump my tires. So, you know, I came in last, but then I thought my daughter, like every time I came out of the pool last, because I'm doing the breaststroke, because that's the only thing I knew. And um, I'm biking, I didn't put my tire, I think it was flat almost the whole race, and then I'm running. And she was so excited the entire time. And she thought, well, we can only improve from here, mom. And I thought, well, you're right. I guess we'll just keep this going. So then I joined groups like Travel Life. Um, and every time I had something, my kids were always there in encouragement. And I realized really what my why was is they never saw me quit. They never saw me give up. No matter where I was, it was always last. Um, but no matter where I was on the course, I was back in the pack. But they were always so excited, always so encouraging. And I thought, you know, I'm really teaching them something um, over time to just have a goal. And no matter what it looks like, whether you feel like you can achieve it, no matter where you are on the course, you just do your best and get to the finish line. And that's what I've taught them over time. And over time, my why has evolved because my mom, um, when she, you know, being a kid, she found out that I was in um, uh, the swim team. And of course, that one, I was last for the first one because I didn't know what I was doing and she came back with her uh clipboard and was like we're gonna get this together because she was actually a competitive swimmer she was like you're not gonna be last for everything so you know I started to evolve my way to middle of the pack and um over time I've started to evolve my way from being dead last all the time and she's been at races and she's had her clipboard and was like listen this is what you gotta do and unfortunately, she passed away over a year and a half ago, and I told her that I would continue to do it. And I uh, released my book right before um, she passed away. It's called Running for My Life. And um, she has become my why. So I've evolved from like really showing my kids to really um, competing on behalf of my mom and others and just letting people see us, uh, no matter what it looks like, no matter what you're thinking and it's about, just strive for your goal um, and you can get there and make it happen. Absolutely, you can. And I'm sorry for the loss of your mom, uh, but I'm grateful that you get to honor her every day you try. And the fact that your kids, out of the mouth of babes, they say the darnest things, right? But that just shows you, <laughs> and they're shaking head like, yeah, but that motivation, it's like you can't quit when you got 
kids looking up to you and they one day will be able to get to try and do this. And so kudos to you for, you know, just having your kids out there watching you and watching the process. Because I think sometimes when you don't get to see the process and you only see the the end result, which sometimes on social media happens, you just see the highlight reel, you don't realize the things that you have to go through in order to be successful. So kudos to you. Nicole, are you with us? Sorry, can I just add, I think the kids are actually sometimes worse than our coaches because Shaja, like, I love that you said that your kids are just always there and they're always cheering you on. And I think my child will, I don't know if your kids do this, but they'll look at my training schedule. And some days I'm just like, I don't want to do it. And they're like, mommy, like you got to keep going or you're, you know, it's like, you know what your next goal is and they're always cheering you on. So I think that's so great what you were saying about your kids just always cheering you on. That's amazing. Yeah, or if they're looking forward to the trip. They're, uh, or the trip, yeah. Going to, <laughs> like, trip. Uh, we're going to so-and-so, so I'm going to need you to get to the pool. Because yeah. my, my daughter, who's like, you know, 10 years older now since then, is just like, uh, I have my outfits planned. Yes. So this Australia thing, I really hope this is happening. Where's so, the yeah. x-rays? <laughs> Listen, right. it's all about these trips. Make sure you keep them happy. Right. Keep them happy, okay? Uh, Nicole, are you with us? Give me here. I am here. I'm not sure how to get my camera to turn on, but I am here. Okay. Um, no, uh, yes, Nicole Harris here. Um, what is my story? I guess, you know, I've always been uh, an athlete. I, I, you know, athlete year-round when I was in high school. And and then when I, through college, you know, intramurals and whatnot, um, played softball in college. And then when I got out, of college, it was just, uh, I just like to stay active. Some people like to fish, I like to exercise. So, I mean, no matter what it is, I just try to find, I'm, I'm, I'm always into something new, even tried pole dancing once, just a class, but it, but you know, you'd be amazed at what kind of strength it builds in your arms. But anyway, so, but I, 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 you know, I like to try different things. It's just, I like to just be active and move around. So, um, so running was first for me, cause that's the easiest. And then someone got me into lap swimming which is still my weakest thing, but I get through it. And then uh, and then when it came to just trying to get into triathlon, it was just a matter of getting a bike. So I finally broke down and or just got myself together, I guess, enough and to do. I said, all right, get yourself a bike. You're going to do this now. And so that was about 15 years ago and just been at it ever since. Um, enjoy it. I'm a very competitive person. So it's just it's just a and it's just a it's just a way, honestly, to just stay in shape for one. I'm I'll be 51 next month. So it's just a way to stay in shape. And uh, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Uh, there's nothing like going for a run and just being able to. And people will be funny. How do you run without music? You don't have anything. How do you get through it? And I'm like, I don't, first of all, you got to hear what's going on around you, number one. But number two, it's just. There's that that moment when you're by yourself and and you can just think and your your mind can wander and and I don't know so it's just uh that's just it's me time I guess um so that's it I enjoy it um and and that's why I'm still doing it yeah. I absolutely love that it's like hey I'm in it I'm doing it I'm gonna stay active. And I'm going to do it until I can't. I absolutely like that. If you want to cut your... All right. So we got your stories about the how, the your why. And I think, Jaja, you told us about your first time story, a little bit of it. But now I want to go back into first time stories because I want to find out who these persons were before Kona. Like, who were you the first time you got out there and raced? 
what experience did you have? What did it feel like? What did it look like? Because I want people to be able to paint the picture for them before we get into the Kona picture. I'm going to just call out. I feel like Jamie want to go first. She's like, oh, let me tell you what happened was when I was in that pool and then I couldn't do it. Go ahead and share. <laughs> We're in group mode. Oh, now. Okay. Come on. Group so share. my first time story was Boston Triathlon. Um, I signed up a month before. Like I said, it was almost free. And, you know, between Boston EMS, Boston Fire, New York Fire, New York Fire Department had a triathlon club. So they kind of introduced us to it. And so when they told me about it, I'm like, okay, I know how to swim, but we're about to swim in where? (laughs) The ocean? Like, okay. So um, only having a month, there was really no like preparing for it. So I I already had a mountain bike. So I kind of went for a ride and I was doing like eight miles an hour. And I looked at the previous results, like every first timer does, right? I look at the previous results and I'm like, this ain't gonna work. So I went to the bike shop, got a road bike. I asked for a road bike to get me through the triathlon and they gave me this eight speed road bike. I didn't know at the time that was a bad idea, but got my eight speed road bike. So I get to the um, the venue the day before because they wanted us to wreck our bikes the day before at this race. And it was a sprint at the time. That's all they had was sprint. And so I get there, I wreck my bike after getting all these packets of different things. And I'm like, where does any of this stuff go? There's like bibs, stickers, all these things. And I'm just like reading every single direction. Like, how do I do this? Where do I put it? And I wreck my bike. Uh, get my little bag, hop in my truck, don't ask no questions because ain't nobody there looking like me or it wasn't that nobody was friendly. It just felt, you know, like I felt like I didn't want to look like the person that didn't know what they was doing. (laughs) So I didn't ask any questions. I literally just kind of like read the paper and stuff like that. And then those five other uh, Boston MS people that was doing it, but they weren't there that day. So I got home, called up Felicia at the time, and she didn't, she had never done a triathlon either. So we're just trying to like figure it all out because none of us want to look like that person who don't know what they're doing. Mind you, like I done already went on, you know, and bought this, I don't know, cheap tri suit. Yeah, it was a hot mess. So um, race day comes, and then I realized everybody was friendly enough to like help me out. Even when they, it looked like I didn't know what I was doing. They was like, oh, this is where this goes. You probably want to set your shoes here. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This is very helpful because I didn't know anything. Um, so I'm there probably like two hours early, which has been a persistent thing since then too. So I'm there really early, set up all my stuff, get the help on, you know, put like I you know like transition like setting all the stuff there and then I go to put this wetsuit on I am exhausted after putting the wetsuit on that I'm like I and I hadn't swam before this I had swam in a lake but I hadn't swam in the harbor which is where the Boston Triathlon is so there was kind of like waves and a little bit of wake but it wasn't you know too terrible but in my mind it was like I'm gonna do this regardless of how bad it looks right I wasn't even worried so I'm putting on this wetsuit and I'm exhausted so I'm just like laying in the sand do it holding it down like this because it's like so tight I can't breathe it's the first time I never put it on and um 
it gets time to start. Sorry about that. And I, it's not for me, thank goodness. And hopefully you can still hear me over it. But um, I don't know if you want me to keep talking through this or wait until it's done. Keep talking. We, we're rolling. Oh, okay. All right, cool. So, yeah, I get um, into the novice group because this triathlon was made for the first timers. So I get into the novice group um, and which starts last do my little, you know, both get into the water, see how it feels with my feet. It's super cold. And then there's like a mass start, but it's not a mass start because it's not that many. It's probably only like 20 of us, but we all go off at the same time. And we're all first timers and not have never done triathlon before. So they blow the horn. I run to do my little beach start and I hit the water. My goggles fill up with water and I'm like, oh, <gasps> kind of like okay I can't see and then I'm like you flip over because I, I you know I swam so I wasn't uncomfortable in the water I flipped over undid my goggles put them back on and I get to looking at the buoys while I'm swimming and I start panicking because I'm like oh my god that is so far away <laughs> like when am I gonna get to this turn buoy so I get to the turn buoy finally and it's just like just waves hit me in the face so it gets rough when you get further out and the waves are like hit me in the face I'm swallowing water I'm like mm. I may have got myself in a little too deep here like, but you know I know that there's boats out there so I know there's safety if I need it and so I just keep swimming just keep going and I bump into a guy he says I'm sorry I'm like oh, okay it's okay to bump into people. Like I won't get, you know, drowned out here. And then it was not like, you know, I'm not moving very fast and I'm like, oh, he's having problems. And so he kind of like swims over to the kayak and I'm just kind of moseying around being nosy, you know, looking to see what's going on. And then finally I finish, get on to like, take this wetsuit off, get on the bike. The bike is like, multiple loops but it's only like an eight mile stretch and there's a lot of turns you do like a horseshoe so it was super fun um I wasn't going very fast and at the at that point like I, I didn't feel competitive or anything but I'm you know doing it and I'm feeling great about I'm like I'm really doing this I'm really doing this and I feel like I'm going fast I was probably going 13 miles an hour <laughs> it was so crazy but then um I get off the bike and I start the run, which was four miles um, in this sprint, unlike some of them, which is 5K. And so, you know, all of my coworkers are cheering us on. And I am like, what is this feeling in my legs? <laughs> so I hadn't did a bike and then ran afterwards. I had just done something every day, right? Either something, but not putting them together. So when I got off the bike and my legs felt like bricks, it was something new and uncomfortable. And all I could do was just laugh at myself. Like I just knew I was so unprepared for this whole situation, but I kept going. I did my little job, just kept, um, kept making it through and then finally it came to an end like all things come to an end and it was the most exciting feeling to accomplish something that you know at points of the day at each point other than the bike because the bike was still hard but in the swim on the run I didn't know if I was going to be able to finish so just to, to be able to get to that finish line it was a feeling like I had not felt ever of accomplishment and pride in myself that I had you know 
fought through these like moments of not wanting to, you know, continue on or not knowing if I could and just, you know, accomplishing that. And then, you know, Boston Triathlon, they're not the most healthiest. Um, so they let you drink as much beer as you want. And that's what I went and did right after the race. And I am talking to these guys who are going to be going to do Lake Placid. So that was the first introduction to Ironman. And I don't know if I understood the distances at the time, but I heard the distances and it sounded really cool. And they made me think that that was the only way to truly be a triathlete was to do an Ironman. So I do not suggest that for anybody. You do not have to be uh, doing Ironman to be a triathlete, but that was my thought. So after that race, I knew I needed to sign up for an Ironman. And before I did any other distance, I signed up for Ironman Texas. So yeah, that was uh, my first time experience. And side note, I worked for Boston MS and they informed me that that guy that had said, I'm sorry that I had bumped into actually went into cardiac arrest. So it was very difficult to get anybody else to do the sport after telling them my first time story, but he survived. They brought him back and I don't think he came back to race again, but um, they kind of kept up with him and he's doing just fine. So if you need help while you're ever out there swimming, don't hesitate to stop at a kayak. Don't feel like you have to keep going if you are feeling short of breath or winded. Take the moment to stop. Take a breath. Do not end up in the back of an ambulance because we as endurance athletes will sometimes push ourselves beyond our limits. And there are times where you need to listen to your body and give it a second. But that's my first time story and a little public information. Listen, I don't even got to add nothing to that. I was going to be like, yeah, you you got to add nothing. So to the next person. Yeah, let's just get to it because you did that. You did that. So, okay, Nicole. So uh, first, first time story was, was in, was in uh, New Orleans. I was living in New Orleans um, up until five years ago and uh, uh, just had been training by myself and then started training with a group to swim. And that was my first time to meet other athletes in the city. And, um, but still kind of student on my own because my, my kids were still at home. So, you know, training was more of a, when I, you know, when I could do it more. And, and luckily my kids at this point were, were teenagers. So they could be left at home while I went out for a three hour ride or something like that. Cause I had decided like the fool that I am, anytime I hear somebody say, Oh, this is my first triathlon. It's an Ironman. I'm just like, Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's brave. Right. But my first race was, uh, it was, it was the half. And I was like, okay, so let me go do this thing and, and started training a little bit with the group on group rides and whatnot, but for the most part, mostly by myself. And then I think it was, that was what, 2011, I was by myself for the most part for five years, just kind of training on my own before I started to, and again, I think this is kind of syncs up with my kids when they were leaving the house, they, they left, went off to college. Um, and, uh, and then now it was me time. It was me time. It, yeah, it was me time. So I could train when I want. And, and, I, and then I started to get more into active into the, the group that triathlon group that was in my, that was in new Orleans. And, um, I'm saying, yeah, so I started to think about doing an Ironman and one of my training partners is like, yeah, I'll do it with you. Uh, and I, and I learned, 
I've known this person now for several years. This wouldn't be the first time he did it, but he was just like, ah, change my mind. I'm not going to do it. Like, what? So now I'm into, I'm going to do Ironman Florida and he's decided he's not going to do it. And I'm just like, okay, no big deal. And I remember talking to one of the coaches and I'm like, you think I can do this? You think I can do this? And, I, and you know, and he's like, you know, he just knowing me for a short while was just like, if you remember, he told me this afterwards. He's like, you know, I kind of sat back. I was driving when I was talking to you and I sat back and thought about, well, can I get her across the finish line? Cause again, um, just, just not having any knowledge of each other really, because I had just started to swim in the group really, but hadn't really done much of anything else with them. So, um, so, so just started, you know, giving me training plans and started to uh, get ready for Florida, started to swim and bike and run with the others. And it's just amazing. Um, how much better or how much better you can be when, when you're with other people who can push you to be better. Um, it's, it's, it, it just helped me so much anyway. And again, maybe it's that competitiveness, but it's just, you know, just run harder, run faster. And you do it when you, you, you do it better when you're with other people. I, I just truly believe this. And I, and I feel it's very important to, to make that your goal. I, it's, I found it to be a little bit harder now as I'm getting older. And I think the triathlon scene is changing a little bit um, to still sometimes find people to train with. Because again, even though I'm 50, I still am trying to get better. And sometimes it's been harder to, uh, as interest in sport seems to be waning a little bit, it's harder to find people who can still get you to that next level. So you have to change your, change your group a little bit. But anyway, I digress. I'm sorry. So back to Florida. First race. And uh, but at this point, I'm swimming well, <laughs> probably because, again, I was swimming with the group, swimming well and biking really well. And I can run really well. And I, and 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 I went into the water just feeling really comfortable. Um, and uh, the bike, again, anybody who's done Florida, you know, it's a flat course. So it's it's a really good course for a beginner, for a first time um, full racer. And, and then just went in with a really strong run and uh, called my coach afterwards. And he didn't expect me to be done. I don't even know that he was tracking me at the time, really. I really don't think he was tracking me. So I, my friend that I raced with and I, we called him because we, you know, we had the same coach. We called him together. And I was like, hi, Dave. He's like, Dave. I was like, I'm done. He's like, what? <laughs> I think I finished with like a, 1247, I think was my time. And so he was, he just didn't expect me done. And he's like, you sound like you just ran a 5k. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel really good though, you know, but uh, that, that was my first time. And then um, after that, I just had made a goal to do one Ironman a year. And I guess with Kona, that was a surprise to a year. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that, 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 that's my first time story with, with Florida. And then it's just been, it's just been, uh, been fun ever since. So. So I almost was confused. I thought you started with a 70.3. And then when you I'm said sorry. Ironman Florida, I was like, whoa. So you I were the crazy around. person. I no, I apologize. Yeah. I, I jump around when I talk. I apologize. No, I started out with a 70.3. That was my first race. And I did 70.3s for the first uh, few times. And then, yeah, I did. Uh, and then Florida. I apologize. First race was a 70.3. And um, uh it was uh, in New Orleans, if you remember, when they first started to do the races, they had it in the open water. So thankfully, thankfully, uh, uh, the swim was canceled that year because it was it was they canceled it and just had us go out by twos. And so which which turned out to be a good thing, because when I got on that bike, 
this was before I knew anything really about about um, about pacing myself, whatnot. So I got out, started on that bike, and I'm just like, on your left, on your left, on your left. And by the time five miles was over, I was worn out. I was like, okay, lesson learned right there. Pace yourself and and pace yourself. That's it. And so, uh, yeah, Nicole, so, I just want to wrap this up really quick because apologize. apologize. You, you, the other people like they want to tell their story too. And so yeah, okay. yeah I'm done. Sorry, but I want to wrap it up because you did an uh, you did a half first, and then you went to do a full. So you just started out. Ultimately, what made you say I want to do a half and then keep going to the full? Like instead of going back or starting with the sprint or uh, Olympic. Uh, no, I mean I, I I mixed it in. I apologize. No, I the first few years I was my first half was in 2011. My first bowl was in 2017. I apologize, y'all. That's confusing. But no, we're going to give you a whole situation ship. No, 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 Listen, I, no, I apologize. I'm so excited to be talking. And this is what happens. I get nervous, excited, and then I'm all over the place. So, no, my, my first five years were where every year I did the the twenty the two the seventy point three in New Orleans because they had it every year and then they we also had um sprints and what I mixed it up. Two thousand seventeen was my first poll. There we go. Okay, sorry, okay. I'm done. And you know what, Nicole, you might not have heard this, but I said I'm going to give grace to the person on the other side. See, that's being tested. No, I'm just kidding. No, in real life, I I understand what it is when you're like getting on and you're excited and you talk, you forget stuff. It happened to me literally. <laughs> Uh, a couple of weeks ago with me doing an interview. So I get it. So we just love, we, we're glad that you tried. No, no apologies needed. This is what it's all about. This is the fun part, you know, to be able to be on the opposite side and ask to give questions, to answer the questions, it's a lot. And so even to be able to ask questions, it's a lot. And so I'm just grateful that you're here and being able to share your story. And let's just know when you've been racing for 15 years, it's probably to keep it all together, it's a lot. So you've been doing it. You are the, unless Tiencia, have you been doing it for 15 years or close to that time? Yeah, I would say, yeah, ab about okay. maybe. So, so you guys are the OGs. <laughs> Y'all been doing it for a long time, leading the way. So I give you your respect, hands down, respect. So speaking <laughs> of, let's just switch over to Tiencia because I think you guys are in that Southern region. So mm -hmm. making it happen in the Southern region and you guys are probably raced together a lot throughout the course of your 15 years racing. So tell us your uh, brief and amazing uh, beginner story. Yeah. So when I first decided that I wanted to give triathlon a try, I kind of, my interest jumped straight towards the iron distance. Um, I love a lot of autobiographies of uh, athletes. And so, I mean, I've read them all like Mike Tyson. It's not sports specific, but I remember I read Iron War about uh, Mark Allen and Dave Scott, and I was just really interested in that. So I decided I wanted to do a full, and then I went to find a coach, which Haley Chura uh, with Dynamo, she's, she's my coach. And she was like, okay, do you swim? And I was like, I know how to swim. And she was asking me, you know, my biking experience, which was none. And so then we went back and kind of filled up my race schedule leading up to a, a full Ironman. So we put in a sprint distance, we put in some Olympics um, leading up to it. Um, so I felt like I had a lot of guidance um, going into my first race. And I did a, a Blaylock, which is a small local race series here in Atlanta. 
and it's a very good uh, beginner sprint try, kind of like uh, Jamie was saying, they have a wave for new athletes, so they let all the athletes go by and then the new people go in. Um, it was an Atlanta summer, so it felt like it was 100 degrees. <laughs> So it was definitely a, a, a new experience. So, you know, getting in the water, I had been swimming and I had my swim workout. So I felt like, you know, okay, I can do this. Um, I didn't have any time goals. So it was nice to not to have that pressure. But I totally, um, I guess, underestimated the need to sight. <laughs> so I remember, you know, diving in the water and swimming. And I mean, I thought I was killing it. I was like Simone Manuel out there. And then I look up and I have no idea where the race is because I'm way off on the other side of the lake because I haven't been sighting at all until I get totally off course. So then I get out the water and I'm a little disoriented because I'm not used to the feeling of like swimming really hard and then standing up. And I get to transition and I can't find my bike because all the bikes look the same. So I'm twirling around. I think I picked up other people's bikes and it, it was it was kind of a mess. And then I finally found my bike. And of course I did the thing that I always tell my athletes not to do, which is don't rack your bike in a hard gear. <laughs> so I jump on my bike and I almost fall over um, trying to get it in the right gear. But then after that, it was, it was pretty good. Um, I love biking. I think fitness from running translates very well into biking, but I didn't like biking around people. So that was kind of nerve wracking is to be out there and have people zooming by you or trying to turn a corner um, and not get too close. Uh, but once I made it off the bike, I was home free. But I always thought, you know, being a runner from the beginning that, okay, this is going to be my jam. This is going to be so easy. I mean, at that time, I was in really good shape and, and I was running pretty fast. But when you're a runner, all your races start at eight o'clock in the morning. And even if it's the middle of the summer in Atlanta, it doesn't really get hot until the afternoon. But when you do the triathlon and you start the run and it's literally 100 degrees with the sun right over your head, that was a totally um, different feeling. Um, but I just remember it was just it was so much fun not to worry about place, not to worry about my splits, um, just the overall excitement uh, of the day. I remember coming down the finishing shoot and my kids were there with their hands out. And it's so funny because when I finished the race, obviously there are people in front of me and my kids are like, did you win? <laughs> you know, and, and I kind of felt like I did. I kind of felt like, wow, this is really cool. So that was my first, you know, triathlon. And that really, after I did that one, like I was hooked. I was ready for the Olympic and I, I was looking forward to the longer events. Shout out to Haney Chura. Come on and just shout out to you. But yeah, you're right. That big gear, that's a <laughs> that's a PSA. As we say, Jamie, it's a PSA. Don't do it. Put it in a low <laughs> gear before you get off the bike. Annette, tell us your, you kind of told us a little bit of your first time story, but kind of take us through like the swim, bike, and the run portions of it. Um, so my first time was a sprint. Um, I had used somebody's road bike because I still did not have, um, a bike. I had a mountain bike that I was, somebody was letting me use and I used somebody's road bike. Um, and the start of the swim, I think that somebody could tell by my face, maybe I was a little apprehensive because I was like, this is a lot different than like swimming in a pool. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, they're like, oh, it's going to be okay. And I was like, okay. So I'm like running in. And I remember they were like, never, um, walk in the swim, you know? So, um, I remember it was kind of shallow, 
but I was like, okay, let me just start swimming. And it's like, it was so shallow. I literally couldn't even like move my arms. And so people were like, you don't start swimming yet. Like it wasn't even to my, it was like kind of to my knees, but they're like, just keep going, you know, like, you know, swim, whatever. So that was kind of a mess. Um, the bike, I wasn't really used to it. I couldn't figure out how to switch gears and it was kind of like a hilly course. Um, so I was just praying, like, just don't get off the bike as I'm like about to tip over. My garments like stopped, it paused because I guess I was riding so slow. So that was an experience. And then um, my uh, my kids were there and they're like, are you almost done? When it was like time for the uh, for the run portion, <laughs> like we're tired. Um, but the run, I actually, I felt good um, for the run part. And then I was, and then that was it, you know, pretty much. And they're like, okay, you know, let's go. They didn't want me to take photos. They're like, we're tired. We're ready to go back. Uh, we're ready to go home, you know, but then um, they're like, you did a good job, mom. And they were like, you know, really proud. And then I got in the car and they're like passed out. So uh, that was my first, my first race. Well, at least when you got home, you had peace and quiet because they were tired. See, well, so I was tired. Worked. They were fine because they slept. The whole way they're like what are we gonna do now i'm like all sunburned and looking crazy oh i love it good good energy of being out there so you because i feel like you were already physically fit with uh your military background you really didn't have much of a transition in terms of the feeling of um like tncs said in terms of coming out of the water a little exhausted or oh, no, having your feet feel like bricks mm -hmm you were kind of already physically already prepared for that portion. No, no, that, that was, that was a hot mess the whole time. I, I didn't oh, like you just didn't tell us that part. See, that's, she was giving <laughs> us the highlight reel. Well, see what happened was, you know, I was like, see, no, no, all of it was, I was swallowing water. I was, you know, I got out. I'm like, I, I knew where my stuff was because I did have like a group. They were like, oh, make sure, you know, like they had put like a piece of tape or whatever to, to get my bike and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the swim. I, I really don't like swimming. And I was very, that was like the first open water swim kind of thing. And so I was really nervous about the swim. Um, and still now I still don't like to swim like close to people. And I was like, you know, kind of getting hit all over the head. So I was like, this mm -hmm. is just horrible. This is a hot mess. But I was like, I can't stop because my kids are here. Um, and then the bike, like I said, it wasn't even my bike. I was trying to figure out how to switch gears. I'm like trying to climb in these super hard gears, but I was like, I'm not going to get off. Um, and I didn't even have pedals. I did it in gym shoes. So um, because it was my bike and I didn't want to just put in cleats because I didn't know how to like clip in and out. So yeah. Mm -hmm. See, so it was a quick transition because I didn't have to change my shoes, Jamie. Love, love, love it. All right. Zsa you mentioned that you came in last previously in all of your races, which it's no, it doesn't matter when you finish. Let's just put it that way. Cause if you're finishing, that means you're out there trying. So I want to talk about the highlights of your first race that you did breaststroke all the way through. That's not the easy thing to do breaststroke all the way through for your first race. Let me just be very clear for those of you who do, maybe it's called American crawl. I think that's my, or elementary, whatever. <laughs> Anyway, that's not easy to do. So take us through the high levels of your first race. Um, okay, so that that was a, a pool try. Uh, and I did that three times. My first race was Augusta, which I still did breaststroke because I didn't know how to freestyle. Um, it, it's taken me a while to transition from that stroke to the other. But in uh, that first one, um, 
I think I, it was, you know, men and women, of course, and I was in line to get in the lanes behind a ton of huge men. So I was definitely overwhelmed by that. My daughter, I could look up and see her from the bleachers and she was like, and I was like heart pounding, um, wanting to die. I was like, why are we even doing this? Um, I remember looking at everything. I know when Jamie had mentioned that she had, you know, you get all the stickers and all the instructions and I was so overwhelmed. I didn't know anybody who was doing it. Um, this was in Wilmington. So it was four hours from my house. I was like, you can't just go back home. It's like a four hour drive. And I brought my baby all the way down here for me to do something. So I kind of was like, hey, so do you, do you want to go to the mall tomorrow instead of us going to the try? And she was like, mom, uh, why don't you just at least try and see how you feel? So, you know, she was helping me in the instructions, putting everything on my bike and, um, I was really scared with the swim. And remember, there were ladies that I hadn't met yet. They were wearing all pink and they were from Try It For Life, um, which I'm a member of that now. But I was in the lane swimming and they came near the lane and were coaching me. I was going and telling me that I was almost there. You had to start at one end of the pool and just keep zigzagging your way all the way to the end. And once you got to the end, you run out the door and go to your bike. And so I was just like, I think I made it like almost to the end, that last lane. And I was like, I'm tired. Like, I'm so tired of swimming. And people swam around me. And I finally got to that edge where they were there. And they were just yelling at me to keep going. They were the only Black women I remember seeing in that whole place. And um, I could see them from the side as I lifted up. And I was just like, okay, I'm not by myself. I feel like I have a lot of encouragement. My daughter's on the stands. I can't just stop now. So I remember running out um, to get my bike. And then I saw like, there was still a ton of people because they had you by number. So it wasn't even by time or anything like that. So I remember looking out and I'd never been to a bike shop before. And I was like, wow, this, there's a lot of bikes. And I think I spent maybe 20 minutes in transition. Like I was looking at the different shoes. I was so amazed of everything that I saw. And I was just thinking, amazing like I feel like I need to tell Jane like I don't really want a bike but I also want to feel the things that I see out here so I'm like taking note of all the things and I mean is looking at me like, like mom and I'm like oh yeah I'm still in a race so I have to get on my bike which I did not pump the tires so I'm pretty sure the tires were flat and um, I didn't know how to use the gears because I only rode around the neighborhood um a few times so I think it was about 12 miles so I I you know went around I'm very slow Jamie I think you were 13 miles, I was probably 10, um, going around the block to get there. Now I could run. Um, and so the 5K wasn't a big deal. So I, though I may have passed people in the 5K, I was still dead last because of everything else. Um, but I think I felt amazing because I was just like, I came here last night. I said I wasn't going to do it. I wanted to go shopping instead to buy her stuff for money that I didn't even have. Um, but I, I, I'm a triathlete. I can tell my friends, like none of my friends from back home could actually say they were triathletes. Like when I remember I posted it and this is very new to social media. I was like, I did a triathlon. My kid, my friends were like, how long did that take you? How long was it? So after that, you know, I, I met other friends who were doing 70.3s and stuff like that. And I was like, I think I want to do this in a longer distance. I was telling other people, my husband helped me upgrade my little pink bike um, with no uh, no kickstand. And um, that's when I decided I wanted to do Augusta. It was two hours away, so I could still drive. I found, found out that it was hilly. 
that you're, you know, you're in open water, which I didn't really know what that meant. I wasn't afraid of water, so whether it was a pool or, in, you know, outside, it didn't really make a difference to me. I just knew that it was going to be hot and I needed to train more for hills. And that was something that I, you know, did with other women as I met women here in Charlotte that were riding. I would just ask, you know, you guys riding and whether they were doing 56 miles or whatever. Um, I kept trying to do that. And that's when like my whole family sometimes come with me and they were all at that race. And my husband was there like taking all the pictures. He was just so excited um, uh, to take pictures of me and to tell all of our family that I was doing triathlon because it just seemed amazing. Like no one else in our family was doing that. We were either doing runs or that was it you wouldn't hear of not only just black people or just anybody that we knew was doing it so it just seemed amazing so just to con you know just to start doing something like that uh though it was overwhelming really scary I think having my family by my side through the entire journey of even fear and encouraging me with is something that I'll just never forget yeah, and you shouldn't forget that 20 minute transition child what you was doing but that you know shopping See, your I'm mind is like mine I get distracted easily and so you are right sometimes you can get carried away in transition because you're like but those shoes with those but it, it is overwhelming so this and is Jamie said that she met people that told her about like your shoes should go here my stuff was in a bag like I was so scared I wasn't there early I didn't get there early with everyone I just got there and was like let me just get this over with so I didn't see other transition stuff until I came out of the pool so I come out I see everything set up and I'm like wait a minute so it was kind of like a real life tutorial of things and then when people see <laughs> out, I was like what's that on your pedals I saw clips for the first time there was all the and people are looking at me like are you supposed to be in here screw all these questions we're supposed to be doing a race and I was like okay but once the race was over this man saw me he said good job how'd you do and I said well I finished she said good job so you know maybe next time you can get yourself some pedals and you can get yourself some this and you can get that and I was like huh writing that down pedals what is that I'm gonna find this out later I love it. I think that's the thing. Sometimes if you don't have a, a tribe that you're coming into sport, it can be overwhelming. You don't know what you need. So this is just a good lesson to know that, hey, it's okay. Your first isn't going to be your best, but it's just certainly don't just do one and stop. Keep going, keep improving. There's just so much you have left to learn. All right, Akila, we are coming to the end of our first time stories, and then we can get into the reason why we are all here. So I'm so excited. Okay, Akila, tell us about you can choose between your 15-year-old story or your Eagle Man story. You let us I'll know because you've had two first, kind of like. I've had two first, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll go with Eagle Man because I really don't remember the first time other than I just, there's this picture that my parents have of me running down the street and I look like I'm super struggling, um, but that's all I remember. Um, but I'll just, I will very briefly share about Eagle Man Um I have a very vivid memory. One of my favorite pictures, I am very comfortable in the water, um, but I didn't, I never do the warm up swim, um, any of that, probably a bad thing to do. I don't know. I just, I, for me, I'm just like, I'm just going to get there and go. Um, but I, at every triathlon, for some reason, when I see the water and how far the buoy's out, I have this moment of just like fear. And I just, tears always come to me, always. Um, even though I'm extremely comfortable in the water and there's a very, um, vivid picture of me with my father who always centers me. 
Um, and with my first one, my whole family, I was very blessed that my whole family came. Um, cause kind of like what Jaja was saying, it was like, Oh, nobody in the family was doing it. Right. And I come from a family of athletes. And this is the one thing that like, I can say nobody in my family has done a try that has done at this level. Like this is my thing. Um, and so I remember I had, and there's all this like commotion around you. Right. And I think one thing that's important to note is that you have to take a minute to just kind of pause before you enter the water or start everything because it can be overwhelming. Right. And so, you know, there's all this excitement my mom was in my face and my kids were taking pictures and like, there's, you know, the, the excitement of all the equipment and the people and, you know, whatever the pomp and circumstance. And, and I was, I had just gotten into my wetsuit and I was, you know, stressed out about that and the dance you do to put on the wetsuit. And I like tears just started rolling down my face and I was like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? And I didn't have a coach either because I had decided to self-coach my whole se- myself through everything. And I had friends that were guiding me through everything, but like I didn't have a coach to kind of do like the mind, med- you know, the mindset part of it because triathlon isn't just the physical, it's the mindset part. And I remember my dad just kind of pulling me to the side away from everything and just holding me and letting me cried out and he just like held me for like a solid solid like two minutes and I just remember just bawling my eyes out so I could just kind of like reset take a minute take a deep breath I looked out in the water and I was like it's gonna be okay like I know what I'm doing there are small craft in the water something's gonna happen I can take a deep breath I can take it slow I got this and then I was like all right I'm ready and then he was like, all right, baby girl, go. And then that was it. And then I went and I got in the corral and, I'll, and like, you know, it's like the race directors there and, you know, they're, you're walking down, they're like, Hey, what's your name? And I remember I was like, uh, <laughs> you know, and I went like this, like, I didn't, I couldn't even like remember my name, like I, whatever. And then like, I got in the water and like, that was it. And then it was like off to the races. Um, and I still had an Apple watch at that time. So like, I couldn't really track everything. Cause you know, those things don't last the whole time. So it like died like halfway through. So I remember it tracked my, my swim and I was excited about my swim. Cause I caught my swim time, uh, the bike, I don't know. I had a hybrid with, um, mountain bike handlebars, um, because listen, this, this sport is expensive. So I raced in what I had, people had expensive stuff and, all these fancy aerodynamic helmets. And I was all, you know, you know, looking at all the fancy equipment and all sorts of stuff. But one thing that my coach says to me, it's like, it's not about the machine that you have. It's about the power behind the machine. So I, even on Kona, like, I know we'll get there, but like I raced on a Roubaix road bike. Like I don't have a fancy tri bike. I don't have any of the fancy gear. Like I just raced on what I had. So I was excited to see all the fancy bikes on my first try, but I did. I had a hybrid road bike with mountain bike, mountain uh, handlebars and regular old helmet. And I didn't have a fancy tri kit. I had bike shorts and a jersey and did my thing. But I had a great time. My family was out there. Um, and I remember I came in and I had two friends, the friend that I mentioned earlier, my fit friend who suckered me into this whole thing. She beat me, but she was there at the end. And I remember she came up to me. We've got this great picture where she like ran up to me. We're hugging each other. And she's like pouring water because it was Eagle Man. Eagle Man is known for being super, super, super hot. They actually have um, like snow snow cones or slushy ice like on course and stuff. And I remember hugging her at the end and being like, I've got more in the tank. 
I've got more in the tank and I want to take this farther. And I was like, I'm going for the next, I'm, I'm going for the farthest, for the next distance. And um, then I signed up for Ironman Maryland. And the next year I went for the full. But yeah, so that was my full, like, I mean, that was, well, that was my first try, but my first try was a half 70.3. And then leading up into the full, I did, I sprinkled in some sprints and ollies as part of my prep work for my full. Mm. Yeah, I love it. You're for your first as an adult, because I, I think I want to separate the beginning. And yeah, your adult absolutely. Time. I love that you had that cry. There's so many people who need to have that cry to know that it's okay. And thank yeah. goodness that your dad was with you to be like, all right, now let's go do this. So kudos to you for uh, recognizing that you had more in the tank and wanted to go further. And we will definitely go further on part two this Friday. So be sure to tune in on Friday to hear the second part of the Sensational Six story. Be sure to check out Ask a Coach. That's exclusively on YouTube. And you know, whenever you try beginners like you always win. I'm Mashonda Shines and we're out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.